Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hi, this is Allison Kay, and welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. I, If you listen to me, you know one topic I love talking about disruption is in the area of healthcare. Um, and this company founder has designed um, a forward-thinking company approaching practices in healthcare, and I, I really think it's worth your time to take a listen. Also, he has touched heels on the ground. Um, well, heels, that's my phrase. He has touched boots on the ground um, on multiple continents on his business journey. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So I would love to introduce our listeners to Zach Holdsworth, who is co-founder of Hint. Hi, Zach. Hi, how are you? Good to, good to be here. So Zach, can you and give the little elevator pitch on what Hint is and what it delivers to the world? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Hint's a company focused on supporting a kind of emerging category of healthcare providers that are basically um, stepping outside the traditional sort of status quo insurance infrastructure, um, which we believe and they believe is a part of the reason the US healthcare system is broken. And basically going direct either to consumers or, or direct to employers. And in doing so, you're cutting out the um, a lot of the uh, you know, lack of price transparency, the crazy administrative overhead, as well as all the perverse incentives that live within that status quo system. And so our company, um, you know, it's called Hunt Health, and we build technology to support these providers. So direct primary care doctors, um, virtual first care models, and lots of it, uh, uh, other interesting sort of near-site, on-site clinic models that are basically transforming the way primary care is delivered. And yeah, we, we have a, we have our software is a tool that helps them manage their billing and eligibility, things like that. So I want to get into the, the technology and the products and the things you do in your company. But the question I have to ask you first, when we talk about disruption and innovation, and, and we want to challenge all business um, builders who are listening to think about how you can go to market differently and think about how you can do business differently. And I think for Hint and, and what you do, this concept of direct primary care is foreign to so many people. And, and your growth is hinged on the physicians changing the way that they want to have the rules of engagement. So can you tell us a little bit about how, since you originally conceived Hint, to you know, where you see the pulse on the desire of both the patients and the physicians at this stage and where you think it's going. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I, I think though that, you know, at a high level, when I, I sort of think about a system like the healthcare system, it's a, it's a complex, um, it's a complex system that is, with many, many independents and in, in sort of interconnected stakeholders. Um, patients is obviously one of them, the doctors are, you know, the, all the healthcare providers are another, but you've also got, you know, insurance companies, you've got employer groups, you've got uh, brokers and benefit advisors, you've got government. You, I mean, it's a very complex system. 
And the way I tend to think about it is that it's really hard to transform a system by focusing on a single on a single entity within that system. Um, and so th- th- what we what you know what we're trying to do at Hint is bring um, is sort of support a community that is trying to move towards these alternative models. Because if you just focus on one node in the network or one node in the system, you end up in a, a you know, really hard to, tra- to transform. Um, it is, I'd say, so, so maybe to summarize, our thinking is you start by starting focusing on the, the providers and, and the providers that have already, already started to figure out how to work with employers or how to work with individual consumers or how to bring those brokers along that maybe there's a new way. From there, we can build a community around that and help push the whole thing forward. And the idea being that the, the way I tend to think about this sort of disruption is it, it comes from a systems level thinking, where if mm-hmm. you think about, okay, in theory at scale, would these concepts transform healthcare, right? And if you're, if you're not able to draw that line, whereby, okay, yes, it's not at scale today, but in theory, if it was at scale, would the system be transformed? And then you sort of work backwards from there and you figure out, okay, what are the first steps in, in getting on that road so that you can, in theory, have a long-term disruptive, um, you know, but very grand disruptive vision. You need to bring it back to reality of what do we need to do today to get there. But if you don't start with the end in mind, like large-scale disruption to um, one of the most complex, maybe in theory, in history systems, <laughs> um, you're, 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 you know, with a trillion dollars of waste, which is like NASA's budget since inception, is how much is wasted in the US healthcare system every year. If you don't start with the end in mind, then I don't, my view is you cannot and will not ever transform a system at the level that is needed to, to disrupt US healthcare. So that's kind of my philosophy and, you know. No, I, I love it. And it, and it yeah. makes me naturally go to the next question, which is, you know, before you had this, this, this grand vision and you have to be able to hold such a long game grand vision for this type of transformation and disruption, give our listeners a little bit of a, of of a background, because I know you have, you went to university in New Zealand. I know you've had a stop in the UK. So, so help everybody just understand a little bit about your, your journey to get to found hint. Yeah, so um, I'd say my journey, I started off, I'm, I'm from a small farm, farming community in the middle of, on the, on the east coast of North Island of New Zealand. Um, and uh, and I'm actually back in that community right now, sort of, I tried, I'm trying to escape COVID while my company went remote. So I'm actually in New Zealand right now, funnily enough. But um, <clears throat> although we headquartered in, in San Francisco. Um, but I, I'd say my parents were, I'd say, entrepreneurial. Um, I was a farming family, but my dad had a technology sort of manufacturing business, which, um, and I worked in that business. And I, and he got the first computer in our town. Um, it was really like a Commodore pet or something like that. And <laughs> I, that was sort of, I think at that moment, I basically was like, my dream became I want to go to Silicon Valley. Um, and so I, but I had this sort of getting to Silicon Valley was a long journey. I ended up, I did engineering, I was an electrical engineer, 
Um, I was worked as an engineer for about five years. I was then, I sort of turned, went over to the UK. I traveled through Europe. I actually, on the way through, um, we spent a bunch of time in, in, in Southeast Asia um, and went to Europe and I was trying to figure out what, what I wanted to do. And so I just applied to a bunch of jobs in Britain because it was easy to get into Britain for me at the time, relatively speaking, and got a job. And it was sort of like, I was almost surprised I got a job. Um, and, and it was in a technology group, uh, the consulting group, um, consulting division of technology consultant of a global consulting firm called PA Consulting, based at headquartered in London. And so I lived in Cambridge for a few years and over time just find, found myself moving from more technology over to sort of business and consulting and um, sort of, you know, the processy sort of the, the, instead of building stuff, figuring out what are the processes to build stuff. Um, and she spent some time as an agile coach, interestingly enough, back in the day where agile software development was like the new cool thing. Um, and eventually landed at the Financial Times where I was like helping lead a transformation of their technology infrastructure, which was a really cool project. And I probably won't go into too much detail there, but summary version, there's a point where I actually wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I still had this sort of dream of being in, in a t- kind of like Silicon Valley doing technology stuff. And so I um, decided to apply to business school. And so I applied to all these European, because I was in Europe, I applied to all these European schools. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, I've always wanted to go to Silicon Valley. Why don't I also just throw in an application to Stanford? Um, and thinking in the back of my mind, thinking like, there's no way I'll get in, but I might as well, try. if I don't try, I won't, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get kind of thing. And so, and so, so I poured my heart and soul into the Stanford application. Funnily enough, I actually didn't get into the European schools and I got into Stanford. <laughs> um, and uh, I actually, I did get into a, a couple of them, but, but um, the story, so I think the story is more cool if I didn't. But the, the idea was, is, and so instantly I just jumped on a plane. I was last round of Stanford. I went to fulfill my dream of going to Silicon Valley and I ended up at Stanford Business School. And I think that's where I kind of, my mind was open to this idea that, uh, that you know, Stanford was really amazing at m- ensuring that, you, that they helped you find your path versus being like, here's the path, right? Like you have to be a consultant or you have to be a banker or whatever, like uh, that they're like, let's help you find your authentic self. And for me, that really pushed me towards entrepreneurship and um, and kind of venture capital entrepreneurship type stuff and that's how I ended up in kind of a very early stage startup as basically the first employee which was and happened to be the um, first uh, healthcare experience as well which is a company called Wellness FX and that's where I kind of got cut my teeth in healthcare and really where I started to understand like okay well we were in the healthcare system trying to make an innovative thing and we did but I think the thing that I keep coming back to with, with, with this was that I learned more and more and more about how structurally damaged the healthcare system was mm-hmm. in terms of incidents and, and overhead, things like that. And what, what I started to realize was that even in theory at scale, if every American had this, there'd still be hundreds of billions, if not a trillion dollars of waste. And it wouldn't have fundamentally changed. It would have been better, don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't have fundamentally transformed healthcare. And that's what led me to think, okay, well, why don't we just try to fix that? And so we'll go to root cause and build the first principles business about transforming healthcare. And that's where I am today at Hint Health. 
So tell us about how you met your co-founder and how you approach um, the leadership for for the team at Hint as co-founders. Yeah, so luckily, luckily for me, I mean, even though I've got a technical background, by the time I started Hint, I was not the technical guy. <laughs> um, and uh, and so luckily for me, though, I met my co-founder at Wellness FX, which was the company I was working at. And it was interesting, We, you know, I was like the BD guy, I was VP of business development, and he was hired as like the, you know, the technical guy, so he was VP of engineering. And to begin with, we kind of actually butted heads. There was sort of the norming, storming, forming phase that we went through. Whereby I was coming in with deals and be like, I want to do this thing. I want to make stuff happen. And he was kind of like pushing back, like, hey, stop telling us all what to do. And we, we kind of, um, we, we sort of had some friction in our relationship to begin with. But what we started to realize was that actually when I, you know, what I started to realize when, when my co-founder Graham has a strong opinion about something, Generally, there's like a good reason for it, and there's actually mm-hmm. something underneath it, right? Even if he's like saying no or whatever, like if if he if he really is holding his ground, there's probably a good reason. I just have to figure out what it is. And for him, he he started to realize when Zach really wants to do something, there's probably a good reason. He might, his approach might not be right. Maybe there's we can change the, the approach or whatever. But there's if he's got or if he's really excited about a new opportunity from a BD perspective or like a go-to-market strategy perspective, there's maybe something there, even though I can't quite understand it. So once we start to realize, oh, we don't need to butt heads on it, we can just collaborate and figure out how to lean on each other's strengths, then we would actually achieve a lot together. And that's what started to happen. And we actually by the end of our tenure at Wellness Effects, there was an acquisition that was happening. And the two, you know, he's he kind of said hey I'm thinking of going and doing something I just wanted you to be one of the first people to know and I was like well, can I come and help you and he was like yeah and I was what are you thinking about I was like I'm not sure yet but I want to try to transform healthcare and I was like well me too let's figure out if we can do something together and we spent about three or four months actually and I'd say a fairly deep research kind of mindset we, we didn't know what we wanted to other than we had um you know sort of highly little thematic ideas around we want it to be a fundamental innovation not a kind of incremental one we wanted to um, be able to we, we had this kind of concept that we wanted to be able to move quickly and build a real business relatively quickly versus like an if magic happens step in our business model like you build a bunch of stuff and then you, that's actually valid those models especially with when you got venture behind you but we were kind of more like we want to sell something to someone and make money right so that was part of our venn diagram and then we had this thesis that we probably focusing on primary care providers is, is you can't, there's no functioning healthcare system in the world that doesn't have functioning primary care. So we wanted to figure out, is there a way to potentially help transform that model? And so that was the way we thought about it. And we ended up doing what we're doing today. Well, so, if people go to um, the website hint.com and they learn about the company, what are some of the the key products that you offer to um, to the primary care physicians? Um, just in a nutshell, you know, not not in a, a deep dive, but but what is it that people can expect from Hint? Yeah, I mean, at a high level, the, these our clients are um, instead of working with insurance companies and billing submitting claims. They will either bill a the individual member patients uh, a, a monthly membership fee, 
or they will um, work with an employer and say, you know, there's so much our fees are, send us your employees and we'll manage them and we'll charge you this amount. So our system at the end of the day is essentially we're a billing system for these groups. So we're their membership management system where we handle their enrollment processes, their eligibility management. Um, if they direct contact with an employer, our system is the kind of the source of truth of that. And then we integrate with all of the clinical. So we have integrations with companies like Athena or Relation or Acute Health or other, um, uh, you know, Spruce Health, other technologies that providers are using. And then, we also um, power networks of providers as well. So if you're a, a you know, if you've we've got providers that are essentially running their their networks on top of our infrastructure, which in a way, if you think about it, is just if you're running a network, it's just a more complex complex set of rules around billing and things like that. But at the end of the day, it still is basically a you know billing and administration platform. So tell us a little bit about what marketing strategies do you think that you employed at Hint that really helped um, accelerate your growth uh, quickly? Yeah, I'd say that the, um, our approach at Hint has been, since we're in, I'd say, a new market, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's not in a big established market where you're kind of attacking a beachhead that is, um, you know, with, with a huge market behind it. We're really more serving an emerging market that, we believe will continue, it has been growing historically and we'll build, we believe will continue to scale quickly um, into the future. And so our strategy has, was, and the other thing was, was unique about our customer segment was that it was very kind of like close-knit community-centered movement, right? These are doctors that are kind of almost in a way renegades that are fighting the good fight and they're, they're in it together. Right, um, because they're actually doing the hard thing, which is just stepping outside the status quo and innovating, right, um, and pushing the boundaries. So our approach has always been: we want to become an integral part of this community. We want to be we want to be part of the reason this community thrives. We want to be our mission is to help accelerate the growth and success of this this these communities and these these types of innovative models, and so. Everything from just the way we um, present ourselves in terms of like we're in our sales process, it's a very much a mission-driven sales process. This is what what this is why we do what we do versus what we do, right? Um, and we invest in the community. We have things like our annual Hint Summit, which is a our, now a flagship event, which is actually coming up soon. And it's at this point probably the largest and most well attended um, summit for the communities we support. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can, you know, summit.hint.com. It's a, bit, a major asset for us. Um, and we also really, really heavily invest in our customer support and our su- customer success teams, which may, helps us maintain a 60, 70, 80 plus net promoter score, which is very high if you know how to calculate net promoter score. Um, and what that ultimately leads to is, I'd say, a large portion of our revenue, new revenue, comes from referrals and, and the community. Like, if you go and ask, hey, who are the players? We will become, we are one of the references. Um, and also, um, and also, a lot of our revenue growth comes from our clients thriving and growing. And as they grow, we grow as well. Um, and so it's, and then we have like more traditional sales, you know, we've got a small sales team and a marketing team and we do, you know, demand gen campaigns and stuff like that as well. But I'd say the foundation of our strategy 
is really about building um, trust and, and sort of love within our community and being a, being, being a core part of that community. And I really appreciate that because I think, you know, on your website, you have a, um, a TEDx video and it, it talks about what, you know, from a physician's perspective of going into the direct primary care business. And I could imagine it's quite scary for people to be a part of the change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time these physicians are, um, and we support anywhere from you know, small independent doctor all the way through to large sophisticated venture-backed groups, right? So we've got sort of the whole gamut. But especially for the groups that are the individuals that are saying, you know what, I'm going to leave my job, which granted I'm not really happy with because I get I don't have enough time to spend with my patients and I'm actually every year my reimbursements go down and I'm it's less predictable. And I can't actually don't know how much money I'm going to make this year because the insurance companies keep changing the rules on us. So it's like granted it's not ideal, but it still is a what you know it's a is an income and it's a steady stream generally of, of revenue if you're an insurance fee for service model, except if there's a pandemic, then 50% of doctors <laughs> go out of business kind of thing because the reimbursement pathways aren't in place, which was actually a major problem through COVID actually, which has been one of the reasons actually we've seen a big uptick in employer groups saying, hang on, maybe mm-hmm. we, we need to rethink our, 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 we can't just have it when there's a pandemic, all our primary care doctors going offline, right? Um, so anyway, I diverge. The, um, but to, to yeah, at the end of the day, what's happening is these doctors are taking a leap, and in many cases, they will actually go down to zero revenue on day one, right? Because they're saying we're no, I'm no longer accepting insurance. Now they'll quickly scale that from there, and they'll build what's actually a recurring revenue stream with higher gross margins, where they're actually able to satisfy the, you know, have it so their patients really love their service they're getting. And um, and you know they they have lower churn and it's a, it's a it's a high gross margin recurring revenue so they're actually building enterprise value as well versus a transactional fee for service model where they actually don't control their contracts right it's a very stark difference um, but yeah it's a leap of faith and sometimes people fail as well we've we've got clients that have had to shut their doors because they haven't been able to make the model work but the general thesis is that. Um, is that this is a absolutely fantastic way to practice and is a um, like is a for sure light at the end of the tunnel if you're able to get through those early days. It's- yeah, I I'm so intrigued by by all of it. And I really am grateful that you you shared about Hint and the model. I I want to ask you, Zach, today as a as a business leader. What are the main stresses of what keeps you up at night? What are the things that you're constantly like working through in in your mind? Um, Well, my two-year-olds, what keeps me up at night? (laughs) And my six-month-old. But aside from that, um, you know, I, I think that the, you know, changing a system is, is hard. And um, I'd say that the, the thing that is, I don't sort of worry about per se, but the thing that we're trying to figure out at Hint is how do we, but we've been, we've done, I think we've done a really good job supporting our physician community and giving them the tools they need to succeed. The thing that we're trying to figure out now is how do we, in a, kind of systematic way help bring all the other stakeholders along for the ride 
in a way that's the, it's almost like the the easy option. Um, and today we we have in our community and like a lot of our more I'd say some of our larger clients have figured out how to crack the code on working with employers. And we see actually a lot of growth with employer lights coming into our platform, especially over the last few years. Um, but I, but as a general rule, though, I, th- I think a lot of those employers are sort of think of them as the early adopter innovator employers. They're like, you know what, this is going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. So I'm going to put the effort in to make it happen. And they'll end up with massively reduced total cost of care. They'll end up with happy employees. Like they'll, they've got, um, they'll reduce, you know, the, the, the outcomes and their populations they're essentially managing if they're self-insured. Uh, you know, they, they actually end up with better outcomes. And so there's lots of good reasons to do it, but it's still a bit of a journey. So the thing that we're trying to figure out is how can we, um, how can we sort of better package up and bring, uh, make it easy to scale these types of models, um, you know, and bring all the stakeholders along together in a way that doesn't threaten the integrity of the movement. Because what you don't want to end up in is, is sort of a, a repackaged version of the old system, right? You, you, you want to make sure it falls into that trap of like, if we take these shortcuts, then, okay, it might be a stim shot in the short term, but in the long term, we're addicted back and being addicted to the drug, right? So that's the the stuff that at Hint we spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got some products and initiatives that are spalling up to support that, and of Great. which will be announced. Some of will be announced at Hint Summit in about a month. We're coming to the end. So I want to say, what is a, a business tip that you would give to somebody um, that was really valuable as it was given to you. Put you on the spot. Don't you love these interviews? I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, this is one I, I kind of struggle with um, myself um, and my team will probably reinforce that. Um, but I think probably the at a fundamental level, I think focused and being, making sure that you don't get distracted by too many shiny objects, especially in a very early stage company. But I think you can apply it to any scale company. It's really trying to figure out like, what is your strategy? What, like, what are the key levers that we need to pull to execute that strategy? And let's like build a plan to try to stay focused on those things. Um, even if it means we may be leaving other shiny object opportunities on the table. I think that's like that's that's really hard to do in practice, but I think you know if you if you can figure out how to build that into your culture and hire people, especially if you're like me and you're an ideas person and you have lots of ideas, if you can hire people around you that will help bring that structure so that they're actually able to almost like hold you back such that you're able to prioritize the most important key mm-hmm. ideas and, and execute on those. That if you if you're if um if you if you're not able to do that, I think you end up spreading too thin, and you'll ultimately fail at achieving your long term objectives. Um, that's probably the main one. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, I have to ask you, Zach, as we close, if we came back and talked to you in two or three years, what would be the story for Hint at that time? It would be the same story, but we would just have expanded from primary care to beyond the four walls of primary care, which is actually a big part of what we wanted to do. Um, so it'll be the same mission, um, same vision. It would be just carving out more and more of the system into a first principles um, kind of 
net new way of help paying for and delivering healthcare. Well, I'm going to say thank you for making your way from New Zealand to help transform the healthcare industry in the United States. I always say, you know, people who are waiting for governments to make the change are missing the point. Business innovators and the drivers of economy are going to force the change. And, and so I really appreciate what you and, and, and all of the team at Hint are bringing forward into the world. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate uh, the time and the opportunity. Yeah. If people want to learn more, how do, where should they go? How should they connect? Yeah, you can, um, our URL is really simple. It's hint.com. Um, and so H-I-N-T.com. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the this community, you can come to Hint Summit, which is summit.hint.com. Um, and, you know, we're on social and more different places, but that's that's kind of where to, where to find us. Thank you. So to our listeners, if Zach said something in this interview that you think somebody else needs to hear, please pass a copy of the episode along. If you liked it, leave us a review on your favorite podcast channel or on Podchaser. And also, if you haven't picked up my book, Building Your Brand, Make Business Happen in a Global Economy, um, pick it up on Amazon. It's got a lot of uh, great examples from company founders just like Zach. So again, Zach, thank you for giving us the gift of your time. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, always be disruptive and keep your eye on the future. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.